All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a recap of my most recent, very first live event. I'm going to take you guys through the play-by-play of all the plot twists and all the crazy things that happen. I think you'll enjoy the journey and the lessons of hosting my very first event and every barrier that could have been thrown my way along the way. So you guys enjoy it. Hey friend, Melissa Hinault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a former multiple six-figure executive corporate burnout, feeling stuck in the life I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and have built multiple six and seven-figure businesses, showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing kids, and wife to my wonderful and supportive husband who supports all my wild and crazy dreams. My journey is taking grit and persistence and belief. And believe me, I'm still a work in progress that you may witness in real time. Whether it's in our free burnout to all out Facebook community or inside my mastermind or even in my coaching programs or maybe just right here on the podcast. I'm laughing and I'm crying with you. I've become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap of faith and go all out and live out their dreams. Consider me your mentor in your head and on the go. So let's get started. back to another episode of Burnout to All Out. You guys, what a morning. I'm sure some of you have had these mornings before. My husband's out of town and I've got all three kids to myself. One wanted to sleep with me last night. The other one showed up in my bed at 2 a.m. not feeling well. And the third one was in my room early this morning with a nightmare. So we had three kids in the bed, had a slow start to the morning, and that's all right. It's actually... 10.50 and I'm just now getting started on business that should have started at like eight. But you know what I love about being an entrepreneur and being a business for myself is that I own my calendar and I can shift things around and I can accommodate for the the chaos and the things that are going on in my family. So with that, I am finally coming to you guys live a couple hours later than planned, but I'm okay with it. So the episode today, I'm so excited to come to you guys and actually talk to you about my insights and recap from my most recent live event. Don't know how many of you have hosted your own live events before. This was my very first large group event. We completely sold out and uh, had never taken on a live event like this, but I felt like three years into launching my business, it was time to get the community together. If you think about it, I launched my business like right after COVID hit, never had a chance to get anyone together like hadn't met nearly any of my clients or even team members, scaled a business virtually, including the team. So I want to give you guys a little recap, a lot of really interesting golden nuggets and experience. The focus of the event was elevate. That is the key word, elevate. And what does elevate mean to me? You know, I said this at the event and the purpose and focus of the event was to continually take your ceiling and make it your new floor, right? Many times we're stagnated in our business. We're stagnated in our business because 
we've only gone as far as we know how to go. We've gotten as far as we have in business because of our own innate skill sets and what we've been able to resource. But at some point in business and at many levels in business, your business begins to flatline because you've hit your ceiling. And in order to take that ceiling and make it your floor, you've got to seek out experts and communities that can help you get to the next level. And so, you know, my vision and purpose of the Burnout to All Out Elevate event was literally to take people's ceilings, make it their floor, and upgrade their DNA literally on the way out. And you can, you can upgrade your DNA. If you've been watching me over the past year, I've totally upgraded mine on a number of different levels. That's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, I took The best of all of my experiences, I have invested significantly in a lot of live events. I think I've been over to like six to eight live events in the past two to three years. And I took my experiences of the best of the events and put them together into the best of each from my own growth journey and put them together in a way that I could serve my community with the best of the best experiences that I've had. And I call that becoming the modern entrepreneur, right? So the focus was to elevate the audience and become the modern entrepreneur that I have the vision for today who can be healthy, wealthy, and happy. That was the main focus, healthy, wealthy, and happy, right? See, last year on paper, I was successful. But physically and mentally, I was really depleted. And this past year, I had to go back to my core mission and remind myself of the reason I left corporate. Because towards the end of last year, I was experiencing burnout again. Like anybody go from a nine to five to become an entrepreneur and start working five to nine (laughs) and get burnt out, right? It's very easy to do. And so I had to recalibrate. And I had to find a new way if I was going to make this a lifestyle and truly become a lifestyle entrepreneur that I am today that can start at 11 o'clock because it's what works for me and my family today, right? I got my workout in this morning, you know, but I'm here to work later in the morning, right? And so the event really focused on, I'm going to share with you guys kind of the core components of the event. And then I want to share with you some really interesting things that happened throughout the event that I'll just say were interesting. There were opportunities for me to exercise literally what I preach, okay? So the event focused on three categories that I truly believe when I assess globally my success over the past couple of years, what are core components that have made me successful? What seemingly looks like an overnight success was a lot of work and a lot of conscious seeking of support and coaching and expertise, right? Three core components. Number one was the network. How are you growing your network? See, a major goal in my event was to break people out into small groups, get them to understand other people's businesses and truly how they could collaborate, right? You're only one introduction away from a completely different business. I witness it all the time at my live event. One of my mastermind clients, we were discussing at dinner and I was able to connect her to one of my dear friends who lives out on the West Coast. My mastermind client is in the middle of launching an app and she is a woman of color. And my girlfriend out on the West Coast connected her with a group that funds and gives grants to women of color in tech, right? 
I can't make this shit up. You can't pick up that kind of networking in a two-dimensional screen on Zoom, right? These are conversations and energetic exchanges that are happening over cocktails, over dinner, during lunch breaks, right? Like your network can literally upgrade your results in business just through literally who you know. And I've learned this time over time over time again in the past three years. And also some people came fairly lonely. I mean, I got some people saying like, this is the first live event I've ever been to as an entrepreneur. Even my CFO said that. And she serves digital CEOs just like me all over the country, right? And the feedback I got is that being in room with a community who gets you, can support you, right? There's this energetic exchange that gives you this this, uh, giddy up in your step when you head back home for the back end of the year, right? But also having a community that stretches you to come to an event where you're seeing people on stage who are a couple steps ahead of you, but just a couple steps ahead for you to realize that could be me, that seven figure, that eight figure a year earner, their story is so relatable. This is attainable. Getting to sit down and have lunch and have conversations with people that on screen seem unrealistic and unattainable and, you know, impossible to access. Being at a live event, sitting across the table from them and being like, wow, their story is so relatable. They're just a couple steps ahead of me. And they just kept going, right? Also, the energetic exchange, just the excitement and the hype and the success of people rubs off on you. So the network piece is so important because you are the reflection of the energy you surround yourself with. I'm in two text threads right now that we are accountable with each other every morning. And guess where I connected with all of these humans? At live events and at masterminds. And we have accountability groups literally across the country that we're checking in with each other every day. That energetic exchange pulls us forward even when we don't feel like it because we're energetically connected to other humans that are in our same shoes. We're no longer in a silo, right? Okay, so that was pillar number one at the event. Number two is life, okay? Before we even get into business, my big focus and half of the event was focused around mind, body, and relationships and joy. And are you infusing joy into your life? I recently did a podcast on this, but we did an exercise at the live event. And I really challenge people to think about, is your calendar being filled with business income producing activities first? And then are you trying to retrofit in your life? Because if that is the case, you've got this all wrong. Most entrepreneurs end up burnt out, not because of their businesses, but because they've forgotten to prioritize joy and fun and why they got into business for themselves in the first place. So we really did some assessment of calendars and prioritizing important things next year and planning launches and business around the important things next year, having the foresight so that we're not trying to squeeze it in, but also got really in tune energetically and created some quiet space for our audience to seek answers from within, to tap into creativity from within, gave them a sacred space with an incredible facilitator's to help them work through and manifest their ideas, to calm their nervous systems. We laughed. We belly laughed. There was joy. There was dancing, right? There was 
fun. It was all about celebrating life because we are at the forefront of all of this. We're humans who are here to take pleasure in life. The third pillar of the event really did focus on business strategy. So we honed in on these folks getting mentorship and coaching with progressive business strategies for the modern entrepreneur in 2023 by business experts across the board. So we did just as much laughter and inner work as we did rolling up our sleeves and engaging in business strategy with a goal of upgrading everyone's DNA and their networks when they walked away with new friendships, new bonds, new ideas, and having their ceiling become their floor. Okay. A couple of things I noticed, by the way, those of you guys who are watching me live, my coffee cup, what does it say? Good things come to those who work their ass off. Sidebar, we've had conversations about this over and over again. You know, I always talk about balance and joy and infusing fun and laughter into your life. And it's so true, but that's not to say that we don't still work hard. I call it harmony. My energetic coach and I talk about this a lot. I know in my calendar, the peaks and the valleys where I have to lean in and I have to go hard and it's nonstop. I do work my ass off, but I also am very well aware the timing of it and the recovery that's needed. I can't tell you how many spot appointments I've had and deep tissue massages I've had since my live event and my launch, right? So it's the ebb and the flow. We do work our ass off, but we also have joy and fun and laughter planned consciously around working our ass off, right? Okay, I hope that makes sense. So a couple of things I observed at my first event. One thing I found really interesting, and the audience spoke to this, personal branding works. It's so cool to think about the fact that all of these people flew from literally all over the world. We had someone come from Spain. We had people come from Canada that we'd only met on the internet. Like the only way they knew me is through social media. But if you can come across on social media as your true authentic self and not pretend to be something else, you're going to attract the right humans who desire what you have to offer. So we thought it was so cool to have so many cool humans in one room that really had the same energetic mindset and focus. And it was all because of who and how I show up as a brand online. One thing that many people said over and over again was that there were no clicks, that everyone was like one huge family. But we had totally random people I'd never met, not in any of my programs, but have been following me on social saw that we had a live event and they purchased a ticket and showed up and had never been a part of the community before. And they were just sucked right in to the joy and the happiness in the family. And they felt at home. And I thought that was amazing. I also found it really, really cool to have some of my own peers and my own mastermind fly in from all over the country and see them in the audience when I stepped on stage. It's my very first live event that was mine that I've owned. I've spoken on stage many times, but never have I had this many people fly into one spot just to listen to what I've put together. 
I was stressed out, right? But anyway, so the one thing I really uncovered and thought was incredible was just the novel. It's not really novel, but just the idea that who you are on the internet is going to attract people to you and how you're showing up and who you're being authentically and transparently. And if not, you may be pulling in the wrong audience. And I just felt at home with the people who came because I was my complete self and they were here there because of who I was. So I hope that makes sense. It was so cool. The other thing, there's three things I observed at, at the event that I wanted to highlight here before we get into the really cool sequence of events that happened. But human connection in person is essential for breakthroughs. Again, I I spoke to this a minute ago, but you can't replicate what happens in a live room and the dynamics of conversation that happen during the breaks, in the bathroom, at dinner, in your pajamas playing Pictionary in the middle of the night when the power goes out. We'll talk about that in a minute. You also can't get from Zoom the light bulb moment that someone else has in the audience standing up being vulnerable in tears, sharing their light bulb moment publicly. And that light bulb moment for them instantly becoming a light bulb moment for you too. And this is where DNA gets upgraded immediately because of group upgrades, quantum leaps and insights and growth, right? I can't replicate that on a Zoom. The physical hugs and the dancing and the energetic uplift that some got. So for instance, we've got a client inside of our academy and she would tell you like she comes to the calls and she's always just a little bit somber, doesn't really have a smile on her face. She came back from this event and she was grinning from ear to ear on the next call. And one of our other clients who's our Aussies out in Australia called her out and said, Sarah, Her name's Sarah. Sarah would know. Uh, We talked about this. She said, Sarah, you look like a completely different person. You're grinning from ear to ear. And she was like, oh my gosh, my cup is just so full. I've never been in a room with other people who got me. I've just been in a silo at home and I made so many new friends. And it's like literally the battery recharge or upgrade that she needed to put wind in her sails for the rest of the year, right? So good. And then the other thing is just the biz besties that that were happening from the connections where I know one of my biz besties happened because of a live event that I went to. She has become a dearest friend that otherwise I never would have gotten close to through just social media, right? And then people were landing deals. We had we had some folks in the live event who landed one-on-one coaching gigs with other people in the group from networking. I know for me personally going to live events, that always happens, right? You drum up some business for yourself. You connect people and create business for them, right? And then the last thing I want to talk about is what transpired at the live event that I witnessed and experienced myself was, gosh, it was an experience all in itself. And what I will say is that what you focus on becomes real. I had real world examples of many plot twists and challenges 
during my live event that I'm going to walk you guys through and share with you some of my insights. And as you're listening to this, maybe ask yourself in each scenario and each roadblock that I came across, how would you have handled it? How would you have responded? Right? So what you focus on becomes real. Okay. Let me share with you. Like I said before, in the beginning, half of my event was focused on mindset and the inner work. And we really work through even modalities to regulate our nervous systems when we're stressed out, along with tons of business tactics and strategies and networking, right? Those were the big things. Well, here's the key. (laughs) Shit hit the fan multiple times for me as I was leading up to the event and during the event. And I'm going to walk you guys through this, okay? How many of you guys have an executive assistant? By the way, if you're watching this live, I would love for you to just let me know. Give me some emojis. Give me a little thumbs up. If you're over on YouTube, I don't know what you do on YouTube. Maybe you hit like. I don't know. The little thumbs up. But the day before we were all supposed to move into the hotel room for the week, my executive assistant tested positive for COVID and she couldn't come. How many of you guys have an executive assistant? They are like, your lifeline, right? She had everything for the event that we needed, like the goodie bags, all the paperwork, like all the stuff was at her house and she was sick. And my husband was out of town. I've got three kids in tow and supposed to be checking into the hotel room the next day. So what did I do? You always have a choice in how you respond. You always have a choice in how you respond. I could have freaked out and said, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. This event's going to be horrible. My executive assistant's not going to be here. But here's the thing. It never crossed my mind. I had this myopic view of, I have over 70 people flying in from all over the country, and it is my responsibility to make sure this event is epic for them. So it was without question I put all of my kids in the car and I schlepped them over to the west part of town and went to Blady's house and got all the goodie bags, got all the equipment, got all the stuff, stuffed it into my car all around my kids. They've got stuff all over them. Decided to check into the hotel room a day early because now I knew I had a lot of errands I was going to have to run that originally she was supposed to do. So the following day, There were things that she was supposed to pick up, like the workbooks and the lanyards and all the things that need to be printed out and the huge sign that went on stage, right? So I problem solved. Instead of freaking out, I just thought, I'm just going to unpack half this stuff today, pay for the room for an extra night, run around tomorrow before the rest of the team gets here and get everything else. It was never in question. And the most beautiful thing happened. We got to the hotel with all the stuff. My kids get to experience mom working, like doing the damn thing, right? They helped me carry everything in. And one of our VIP clients had already arrived. And it was the most beautiful thing for my kids to get to meet her, hug her, and they got to help her bring her luggage to her hotel room. It was such a blessing in disguise that my kids got to see where the event was going to be, got to meet some clients, got to help carry a lot of my stuff in, right? That night, what did I do? I practiced what I preached. 
I have an evening nighttime meditation. I'm happy to share it with any of you guys. If you message me over on LinkedIn or over on Instagram, I'll give it to you. But I have an evening meditation that I go to sleep to now that is a manifestation meditation that puts me to sleep envisioning, envisioning the results I desire. So even though my executive assistant was already sick, I knew she wasn't going to be there. I went to bed replaying the amazingness of what was about to happen, the breakthroughs that were about to happen, the joy, the fun, the connections of all the people I love in business together at the same time. And I did that on Wednesday night. Woke up on Thursday, packed up all of our stuff. Oh, that was Tuesday night. Packed up all of my stuff, headed to the hotel room on Wednesday. And before I could even get all my stuff unpacked to go start running errands to pick everything else up for the event, my husband gives me a call. Remember, I've got three kids, right? This is the mother low. This is being mom, right? My husband throws his back out. He's literally stuck on the bathroom floor and can't get up. (laughs) And this is where the party must continue, right? It was never in my field of view. And some of you are going to think this is heartless that I was going home to help him out, right? I had 70 people flying in from across the country to be served and to have breakthroughs. And so immediately we start problem solving. I get my parents to come in. My oldest kids, they have to step up. They're helping dad out. They're making dinner. They're taking the dog out. But the party must go on. I'm ordering groceries, food that's already cooked, delivered to the house for him from my phone. So that is roadblock number two. Your husband's back is thrown out at home. Your executive assistant can't come. What did I do that night? Again, you have a choice at every moment, every day. You have a choice in how you respond to life. And when you respond and how you respond, will give you the results that you desire or the results based off of your energetic response. If your head goes south, like, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. Now this is happening. Guess what? Your results go that way as well, right? But what did I do that night? Put in my earbuds, started listening to my manifestation and continued to envision serving and delighting my clients. Now comes the following day. Okay. It's our VIP day and it goes beautifully. The photographers are there. We have incredible breakthroughs with our clients. We're getting rumblings, by the way, of a hurricane. And that's another thing. I kept getting text messages from all kinds of people, including my husband from the beginning of the week. Are you sure you still want to have this event? There's a hurricane coming. Are you concerned about the hurricane? There's a hurricane coming. Are you concerned? And guess what? Blinders. No, I'm having an epic event. I don't care about this hurricane. Hurricanes are not a big deal in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're just tropical storms. It's just a little bit of rain. We will be fine. I never let that occupy my brain. And I want to be clear on this. The same with my executive assistant being hurt or sick. The same with my husband being hurt. I felt sorry for them. I supported them the way I could. We actually brought Lady some ramen noodle soup and some goodies and all the things when I went to pick up the stuff. But I didn't allow energetic worry to consume me with those sequence of events. Does that make sense? I didn't worry about it. I just moved through it. 
and everything was going to be fine. And this is exactly how I felt about the storm. I just didn't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about things I have no control over. What is the definition of worry and anxiety? It is stressing about things that aren't currently happening. Think about that. Okay. It is you projecting the worst case scenario or you thinking about the past case scenario, but it's not what's actually happening right now, right? And so I consciously, constantly told myself that there is no hurricane here right now. Everything is fine. We're going to be fine. So VIP day goes great. My photographer who lives about an hour away, she's going to be shooting for the whole weekend. She's going to be doing video for the whole weekend. If you know anything about events or anything about having a brand online, it is like a bride having her photographer. Like it is a must. You spend all the money on the stage and the visuals and the outfits. You need your photographer to actually document all of it for assets for later. It is an investment, right? So that afternoon slash evening, VIP day goes great. The dinner goes phenomenal. Amazing breakthroughs. I get to my room that night. The big day is supposed to be the next day. General session. First day. Everybody's flown in. 99% of the people who attended were from out of town. They caught planes. They came in. Now we're getting a forecast for the hurricane for the next day. And my photographer tells me, you know, Melissa, I hate to do this. I really do. But I cannot risk coming down there tomorrow because the tropical storm is supposed to get pretty bad in the afternoon. And being the primary caretaker for her husband, she couldn't risk being stuck at the hotel. I want you guys to let that settle in. Okay. Executive assistant couldn't come. Husband's thrown out his back. Now my brand photographer cannot come for opening day of my live event. This is what I want you to keep in mind. However, my entire audience was in the hotel and could not wait for the party to go on the next day. So I could have panicked. I could have flipped out and I would be lying up. I didn't tell you for half a second. I didn't. But the beauty of it is we had another photographer who'd come in town from California who was part of the event and she had all of her equipment. And it was Jody's idea. She said, why don't you ask her if she can fill in for me tomorrow? So I reached out to her. She was totally fine with it. What did I do that night? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but what did I do that night before I went to bed? Did I go to bed with the anxiety of, oh my gosh, are the kids going to be okay? Is Jake okay? Oh my gosh, I don't have my executive assistant. How is this going to work out? Oh my gosh, my photographer. No. These are things I cannot control. What you focus on, you find. What you concern yourself with, you bring to you, right? What did I do? I went to bed listening again to my manifestation meditation and went to sleep envisioning me walking in that room the next day, being welcomed by the most amazing humans who've taken their time and their money and their energy to be at this event and serve relentlessly to them what they came for. And those are the visions that put me to sleep that night. So general session next day, Emily is my fill-in amazing photographer. Guess what? The event goes off without a hitch. You guys, we were completely sold out. 
every person in a seat. We actually had to bring extra chairs and tables in for extra tickets that were sold last minute. And it was an amazing experience to have gone through all these different challenges. But guys, the plot twist, the story isn't over. Day one goes amazingly. We have a wonderful general session, wonderful speakers, wonderful breakouts. We go to dinner that night for our speakers event. Now the tropical storm is in effect. It's been raining for hours. I'm sitting there and giving my speech to our speakers and thanking them for their time. I'll have to share the video of it with you guys on on social at some point. And all of a sudden, the power goes out and the emergency lights go on with the generator. And we start to smell smoke. And fire trucks start to show up. And ambulances start to show up. And someone comes into our private little room and says, I'm sorry, but you must evacuate immediately. Okay, we all have a choice. (laughs) We all have a choice in how we respond. Now, I'll tell you, it was very funny seeing speakers' responses, knowing they had to leave the room. Some speakers double-fisted the appetizers and headed out, and some speakers double-fisted alcohol and headed out. (laughs) It was all a matter of priority, right? They moved us to a part of the hotel that was not on fire and safe for us to be and shared with us that there had been an electrical fire based off of the water and the elevators had broken down and there was no electricity except for with a generator for emergency electricity for the next two and a half hours. We all have a choice in how we respond. Here I am with a group of, you know, 60 to 70 people looking at me like, what do we do? What do we do? And I thought it was really interesting what I said, you, what you focus on, you find, right? What you focus on, you become. You could see the fear in some people's faces. You could see the tears and the panic in some people's faces. I had people coming to me saying, we're going to have to evacuate. We can't stay here. The power's going to be out all night. Like minds go to worst case scenario. And I'm like, okay, deep breath. Already been through a lot for this event. I'm going to go find someone in charge. So I go to the hotel manager and I get the details. And she's like, here's the deal. We've got enough gas for the generator for the next two and a half hours. The power team is on their way here. We think that, you know, the power will be reinstated by the end of the night. But if it's not, we will lose emergency power as well in the hotel, which means there'll be, you know, no electricity in the hotel. But, you know, ultimately and eventually the electricity will will come back on by tomorrow. And it's safe, by the way, safe to go back to your rooms now. We've been cleared by the power of the fire station and all the things. And so my point in all of this was instead of knee-jerk reacting and falling into the fear that some were living in and letting that suck me in, I chose to take a deep breath and seek more information and not just go with the panic of the crowd. And what we found is we had a choice. We could ride it out and see if the electricity was going to be reinstated or we could go find another hotel. And so what did we choose to do? We chose to get out my flip chart and all the markers 
and get the most epic game of Pictionary going, some of the audience was like, look, we'll never get this chance to hang out again. The power is going to come back on. We'll be fine. Even if it doesn't come on until tomorrow morning, no big deal. Like nobody wants to, you know, carry all their crap down from 18 floors on stairs to go find another hotel. Like it'll come back on. We're fine. So I'll tell you, it's amazing to see different people's mentality on that. The ones who were just like, let's roll with it. It'll be fine. And then the people who were like extremely panicked, right? What you focus on, you find. And I'll say this again, that stress and anxiety is just projected futures that aren't happening or a tapping into a past experience that's not current. And sometimes we just have to pause in the moment and be like, okay, but are we fine right now? Yes. Is anyone's health at risk? No. How can we make the best of this then? How can we make the best of this? The most beautiful thing transpired. There was a large group of about 20 or 30 people who got the Bose speaker out. We ordered Domino's pizza delivery to the hotel. We had wine and we had the most epic game of Pictionary. Everybody climbed the stairs, 18 floors in their clothes to get their pajamas on, came back down in their sweaty buns. And there were people over in the corner who were masterminding and talking serious business during all of this. But it was really interesting how people chose to make the best of the event and how people actually bonded and maximized their time together because they all had a choice at that point. They could have just gone back to their rooms and gone to the sleep in the dark at 8 p.m. with no lights, but they chose to stay up and connect and bond, and play, and have fun in their PJs. Next thing happens. What do you think I did that night when I climbed the 18 flights of stairs? I got to my room. There was still no electricity. I know that we have another full day with this live event, not to mention I've spent a large chunk of money to host this event. And I lay in the bed, and I'm thinking, holy crap, like, is this party going to continue tomorrow? What happens if there's no electricity tomorrow? That's where my mind went for a hot second. And then what did I do? Put my earbuds in, got my play on manifestation. And at midnight that night, I laid in my bed and went to sleep with a guided meditation, envisioning how the next day was going to go. And you see, I was going to be pitching my mastermind from stage the next day. And that night, it just felt really incongruent with the series of events that were happening. It could have been very easy to just tell myself, oh, it's over. There's no event tomorrow. There's no electricity. No one's going to want to join my mastermind. No one's going to want to buy tickets for next year. No one's going to show up tomorrow. We have all these incredible speakers that have so much value to bring, right? That's the direction I could have gone, but I chose to meditate on the most optimal scenario, which was the lights come on and we have an incredible event. Well, I'm here to tell you, I woke up, I set my alarm at 5 a.m., praying to God I still had enough energy on my phone, because remember the power's out, that my alarm would wake me up because I had hair and makeup scheduled at six, that I set my alarm so that I could have time in the morning to get my shit together and figure out what was going on. I wake up at 5 a.m. Is the light? Is the power on? Does anybody know? Is the power on? No. I wake up and there's no power. And I'm like, 
got 70 people here in a hotel. There's no power. And we have a full day of content that needs to be covered. We haven't finished serving these people yet. So what do I do? In my pajamas, in the dark, because there's no other way to do it, because the phones don't work, what do I do? I climb 18 flights of stairs, go down to the base of the hotel. And I realize the hotels are conjoined. There's another hotel that shares convention space with ours. And our event was actually happening in the convention space under the other hotel, if that makes sense. I get to the base of the stairs and I realize the lights are on in the other hotel. It's just the one we're in. And I walk over there and I ask the people up front, I'm like, okay, what is the deal like with this event? Like, we don't have any electricity. And they said, oh, ma'am, your event downstairs where you're hosting is we've got full blown electricity. Your event's still going to go on. And your attendees, we're going to give them all a full spread free breakfast this morning here downstairs in the, the other hotel. And the party must go on. You guys, I'm here to tell you that it was the most epic event, the epic day. We, we pushed, we pushed the start time back an hour because keep in mind, all these people had to get ready in the dark. There was no electricity and our entire community. Every single person, I'll tell you, there were a couple of people who left that night and stayed with friends locally that they knew, even though they'd flown into town because there was no power. Every single human came back. Everybody showed up to that room and gave it their all in that event. Showered in the dark or not, it was the most epic second day where people had actually bonded over the chaos the night before in a way that I never could replicate again. The way people were supporting each other, guiding each other down the stairwells in the dark, the way they were, there were certain people who were very confident and comfortable with the situation who were consoling other people who were concerned. The belly laughs and the competition with Pictionary that happened, the masterminding in small groups over in the corner talking serious business in the dark. I could not replicate that again. And the point in all of this is that there was so many pivotal moments from the moment my executive assistant said that she was sick and the moment my husband questioned the hurricane and every little nitpick and barrier along the way that could have completely derailed my energy and my focus on serving and making sure this was an epic event. We closed out an incredible event where the party went on through the evening. We had a dance party. And by the end of that Saturday night, we're all glammed up at a dance party. By the way, we completely sold out our VIP tickets for our next live event. We sold half our seats to our mastermind during the day. And it was at the end of that final night, I cannot explain to you how I felt like I was in a completely different world. Like I couldn't believe the series of events that I had endured and worked through over those periods of days and the roadblocks and the barriers and the challenges that we overcame with an assistant or not, with a photographer or not, rain or shine, fire or not, 
power or not, nothing could bring down the energy of this group. And we made the best of it. We made the best of it. So the bottom line here is that what you focus on, my friends, becomes real. You manifest it. We have a choice in how we respond to everything. And if there's ever been a case study for me to be challenged in what I preach, it's this podcast episode and that series of events that I went through as a leader hosting my very first event and having to keep it together for my team, for the audience, for my family. The bottom line is if you have the mentality, don't come at me too hard, world. Don't come at me too hard. But whatever comes my way, I'm prepared to roll with it. I have the skills to navigate it. And I'm going to make the best of it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I hope you enjoyed my recap of the most fun, chaotic, and unpredictable live event I'll never be able to replicate again. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.